everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the MMO Together podcast. I have a different type of episode in store for you today. Me and my buddy Nader Abid, we actually watch UFC 69 and break down all the fights in the main card. Kind of goofing around, just enjoying an afternoon. So it's a really fun, uh, kind of lighthearted episode, not an interview episode uh, like I traditionally do, trying out a couple different formats. So would really like feedback. You can always direct message the show. That's at MM Altogether Podcast on both Instagram and Twitter, or you can email the show, and that is the same thing, Podcast at gmail.com. So let us know what you think. Really like your feedback. We're trying several new different types of show formats. So we want to keep bringing back what's the most entertaining. So would really love to hear what you all have to say. I know this week I promised you an interview with an amateur fighter, Juan Avila. However, some of the audio for that interview became corrupted and I wasn't able to recover the entirety of the interview. So I had to scrap the whole project. Fortunately and graciously, uh, Juan has agreed to give me a little bit more of his time, for which I am absolutely grateful. So we are working on scheduling out another interview where we'll be covering the exact same thing. So hopefully I will be able to get that out within the next few weeks because I'm really excited for the opportunity to share his story with everyone. He's a really well-traveled individual, and he has some interesting stories to tell. On that note, next week, we have our day one OG, Marcos the Lightning Kid Estrada, the guy who puts it all together. He's been my number one networker in this whole project. He's coming back, and we're going to be talking about some things, five rounds of things, actually. So again, not another interview episode another kind of different format so again would really enjoy your feedback on the prior uh on the prior channels that i mentioned if you are interested in a chicago sports hot take show i recommend you give the windy city bro pen that's windy city w-i-n-d-y city c-i-t-y bro pen b-r-o-p-e-n at windy city bro pen a follow That's Twitter, Instagram, I believe they've even got a TikTok, Facebook group, and uh, their podcast is on Spotify. Um, It's my buddy Zach and his buddy Jim. They cover Chicago sports and their take on it. So give them a listen, give them a follow, give them a shout. And again, one last shout out to the small company that I've been supporting lately. And again, they have no affiliation with the show they do not sponsor me. It's not paid by any means. However, it is Nine Lives Jiu-Jitsu um, on the mat, a simple tap, and you get a new life to start over with the knowledge you've gained. Each time you'll come back stronger, wiser, and therefore will begin to tap less, especially when you roll like you have nothing to lose. I embody that. I embody that motto. Those are some powerful words. So uh, if you have the means to, go give them a support. It's NineLivesJiu-Jitsu.com. they got some sick BJJ drip. Some rash guards. Mine are still shipping. So once I get those, I'm absolutely going to post about them. Because uh might have uh, some mat locations locked down here soon. Got some backdoor, some backdoor jujitsus going on. We'll see. Alright folks, well, let's get right back after it. Again, me and my buddy Nader breaking down UFC 69. Let's have some fun.
So this is a special episode of the MM Altogether podcast where we're going to go back and break down a historic, archived fight card. And for the initial episode, me and my good pal, Nader Abed. Abed? Abed. Abed. Nader Abed. I can't even say his last name and we're fucking friends. (laughs) We're going to talk about UFC 69, Shootout. It's where Matt Sarah headlines against our boy fucking George Rush St. Pierre. So I'm kind of excited about it. Uh, We're eating some fucking barbecue here. We went for a a run earlier that kind of was a lot of a walk. What would you say? (laughs) It was a nice run walk mix. I don't know. We still are out there more than... More than what other people do, so... Gorgeous May, May brunch, whatever fucking time period of day that is. Early afternoon? Pre-evening? Not pre-evening. Yeah, (laughs) brunchish. Definitely not pre-evening. So, how this is going to work is Nader and I are going to go through, watch the fight, then come back, and then kind of break down what we saw and how we feel about it. Get ready for some fun shit. UFC 69 breakdown video. (laughs) Nader and Blake Abedis coming at you. We'll be back. Fight one. I don't know if like this playlist has got the fucking prelims on it. I guess you'll find out when we come back from this break. So it's either Luke Cumo, Cumo versus Josh Haynes or uh, Kendall Grove and Alan Belcher. Let's get after it. Let's fight one in the books. My fucking lips are slathered up with barbecue sauce, but I thought I was, like, just salivating all over fucking some Ultimate Fighter fucking alums, Kendall Grove. We actually, uh, I I know I was bitching about random-ass stats on my last episode, but uh, Nader and I found out some cool shit. Like, what was that cool shit, bud? Well, you're talking about the reach that Kendall Grove had, like, 7-inch reach over um, Al Melcher, or that this was, like... What, the first Darce in UFC history? That's what you get when you have, like, a fucking 10-inch reach advantage. Yeah, holy shit, you got those long limbs to sneak in there, and luckily, I mean, God didn't bless me with the long limbs, unfortunately. Yeah, you and me are both kind of short and stubby, (laughs) but we make, what we make up, or fuck, what we lack in stature, we make up in facial hair. Perfect. So, fucking (laughs) trade-offs. I'll take them. Yeah, that was was a pretty one-sided fight, though, the whole... Like, the whole duration. The first round was closer. It was like, uh, Belcher's doing some things. He got a takedown, I think, like, pretty quick-ish off the bat. And then, but on the feet, I don't know. He didn't do much at all. And Kendall just rained some hooks and jabs. And, yeah, it was not good (laughs) once he got to the feet and even on the ground, I guess. Yeah. The second round. Belcher hit that early takedown in round one. Uh, I think he had top position for maybe probably 35, 40 seconds, maybe even almost close to a minute. And then Grove was able to, Grove was able to, he revert, I don't know if it was a reverse or a sweep. I would call it a sweep, but he almost rolled out of it into like, uh, like a guillotine, like a turtle, like a turtle guillotine from the front. And then he... Looked like he was going to attack the Dars, but then quickly scrambled up into the tie clinch and landed some knees real fast. And like you said, uh, Grove goes to the tie clinch numerous times in this fight, and Belcher doesn't have a response for it. It was like a weird... The first one was like a weird scramble, and then like Grove with his long-ass lanky arms just freaking sucked his neck in and got him in the clinch and started raining some knees, and oof. Yeah, there wasn't a lot of huge shots. Like, it was a... 
not close, like, in terms of, uh, you know, like, who won or lost, like, so to speak, because obviously Grove finished it. More so, like, it was very close in terms of, like, distance. Like, Belcher, like, kept the distance, like, very close in this fight, and Grove obviously did a lot better in the clinch, but I didn't see very many, like, big strikes until the second round. Like, if anything, it was a 1-2 with really wide hooks thrown that yeah. weren't really clean. I mean, we heard from the coach, <clears throat> from Grove's coach, who was like, what do you say? He's like, he's like, jab right hook, and then he freaking did it, and then that's what got Belcher falling against the fence and dazed. Yeah. And, I mean, Belcher, I mean, against, I mean, from my wrestling experience, with taller guys, I always tried to keep them in close. So that's kind of what I would have said to do. Said to do here. I mean, inside control always wins, no matter what art martial art you're doing. But it <laughs> didn't really work out for Belcher. <laughs> well, I want to know. Well, it's got to be the length, right? Like the leverage, because even when Belcher would, it looked like lock up his hands for a double leg. It didn't look like Grove had to try too hard to almost throw his arms in there and then sprawl his legs out, and it almost yeah. like entirely shut down Belcher's takedown game, especially up against the fence. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, dude, his long-ass, lanky arms and limbs, just, you create so much torque from that. And that's one thing in any sport is, like, tall guys, like, even in basketball, like, tall guys can use their leverage to box people out, get lower, and they have, like, more room to extend and shoot. Even in engineering, it's like, all right, torque, foot pounds. You get a longer pipe, you get more torque. Same concept here. I was gonna say if we need a basketball perspective, we can always fucking call in my new roommate AC Three Pico. He's back, <laughs> fucking making it rain. Um, but yeah, heading into round two is pretty much the same thing. Like a lot bigger, lot bigger shots landed. That um, Groves one and two opened up the clinch like three three separate times where he yeah. came in and landed some big knees and yeah. uh, opened up a huge gash on Belcher's head. And it wasn't too much longer after that that we really saw Grove start to um, take control on the ground and pound. Yeah. And then after that, it, it, it wasn't like a direct submission, but you could see, like... It was not going good. And then Grove, I mean, to get there, Grove even had a nice double leg takedown where he just freaking reached around, picked him up, and slammed him hard. I think, yeah, I think that was his only takedown. All fight was that big slam. I think so. Yeah, I wrote that down. That came in shortly after... Uh, um, the two-minute market eclipse. I think we were right around three, uh, I think like 340 mm-hmm. around that time. But yeah, that was a big takedown. And yeah, I think that's ultimately what set, what led him into that Dars position. Because yep. he never could get past that uh, that half guard. But yeah, you know, I've only ever finished a Dars practicing like from a full mount. And I think at that Dude, point, it's almost more of an anaconda. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I ever have. I don't have the jujitsu IQ to even look for it honestly i don't know the finishing mechanic behind it that'd be a good question for alex and donnie because i know you like go up and under the shoulder so if you were standing to my right i would take my right arm and i would go under your left arm and then i think from under your left arm or no i'm sorry around your neck so i'll take my right arm under your left arm then wrench it around your neck and i think from there that's when i grab onto my bicep and i I think you pinch your elbows together Alex, to finish it, Alex but I don't know. fucking pissed and cringing here about us. Alex doesn't <laughs> listen to these episodes. If anything, Danya does, so I'll hit her up. She's pissed off probably that, too. Uh, both probably just like, you fucking idiots. You fucking white belts. <laughs> you swine. <laughs> I don't know. Just watching this, though, watching him get that double leg takedown is kind of why I find wrestling so important, even in jiu-jitsu or... Um, 
MMA because it's like, all right, you take like it is a small percentage of jujitsu. I will say, like taking them down, I guess. But it's like that double leg take. You can kind of do whatever you want. Like, all right, you can set something up on the ground, whether you do like an outside sweep or. Well, you ever watch wipeouts, bro? Sometimes I've seen five minute matches just stay standing the entire time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like you get a stalemate, and it's no one's fault per se. It's just like the lack of knowledge of how to get in there, and it's like add more little tools to your little tool about to pick shoot, down. Shoot and pick the ankle, bud. Exactly. And if they fucking throw you in a guillotine, just get the fuck out and yeah. stay on the ground. Yeah. To make it fun. That's why I like Nogi better. <laughs> I bring that up in a lot of these episodes, but I love being in the Gi, but Nogi is just more fun. It's uh, just, yeah. <laughs> Somewhat easier, I guess. You can slip out a lot of things. Well, there's more scrambling. I'm just more, can- I'm just more comfortable in Nogi because I've wrestled for since fifth grade and on and off. So Yeah, even a little bit more close for you. That's probably five. Yeah, dang. <laughs> <laughs> you can catch Nader in the 1950s Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition rocking that pinstripe. Oh, you know what's up. Onesie. I'm there with him, too, except I look like the copper tone, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, All right. that's fight number one. Kendall Grove, Alan Belcher, middleweight bout. Kendall Grove wins by submission in round two. Uh, taking it on to the next fight on the main card, that is Yushin Okami versus Mike Swick. So we'll be back. All right, that's the end of, end of fight number two. It's Yushin Okami and Mike Swick and... If I were a judge, that would have been fucking unanimous, 30-27 all the way. A couple of 29-28 scores uh, with a decision over by, well, the decision granted to Okamini over Mike Swick. Um, Mike Swick, obviously a tough alum from season one, lost to Forrest Griffin in the semifinals to that season. And this was only his second loss, well, his first First loss, loss. actually, since then. So... Fucking the man from across the pond put him put him at bay. Yeah. Slowed his roll. <clears throat> kind of took the wind out of them sails in his hometown. <laughs> Sucks to suck, nerd. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if for those of you who have fight pass, you got to check out the chooch that Mike Mike Sideburn Swick is. <laughs> Mike the Chop. Mike the Chop. <laughs> Mike the Chop. Mike Chop. <laughs> Dude, could you imagine if he was going in fighting people? He's like Mike Chop. Mike Chop. I'm the Chop. Or if he like actually won the fight and then goes up to Joe Rogan, Mike Chop, and slaps the mic out of his hand. But I don't know. Yeah, I could see. I kind of could see how Schwick won the first round or the second round a little bit because uh, it was like, well, Okami would get the takedown, but then it would go right into Mike's guard. Was that second round? I shoot. I should my handwriting dog shit on these notes. Um, I think but, it was second round. But yeah, so he kept. I mean, uh, Okami would take him down, but go right into Mike's guard, and then it was weird. The ref would, like, stand him up kind of quick. Like, I know people bitch about it today, um, you know, standing up the fighters if they're working towards a progression. Because, you know, that's what jujitsu kind of takes some time sometimes. But, uh, yeah, it was weird how fast they were. (laughs) If you're bitching about today, you should watch this one. It's way quicker. And uh, that's what... And then, was it, Swick got, like, a little flurry at the end where he had um, Okami's back against the cage and he was kind of laying some blows. That's kind of why I could see Swick won the second round, but, yeah. I mean, the cadence to every single round kind of was the same. Swick came out fast and tried to throw, like, a flurry of a combo. A lot of times with some really wide-looping punches. And early on in the fight, 
um, Okami was able to throw in a couple of crosses and straights to, like, keep him off that. Um, but then, yeah, once Okami started working his grappling game, uh, especially, especially when he got to the um, the standing clinch, he had, I think, two or three yeah. takedowns that were trips. Um, and what was nice about, even in the third round, is, like, you could definitely see Okami make an adjustment where it was, like, he would take him down, but he wouldn't go into Mike's guard, and he would... Uh, Either going like he would take him down to make sure he was in a half guard or try to attempt to go to side control or yeah late yeah. in the second round I think is like when we started to see that um, and then yeah in the second round Swick did have again a little bit more uh, luck concerning his striking and like I said before they were just like really big looping blows so um, like you pointed out Nader at the end of the second round he for sure had Okami up against the fence. Uh, you even kind of see Okami's knee buckle a little bit, I yeah. think, off of a right hand, and it looked like he could have been damaged, but again, a little bit too late in that round in order to do any kind of damage. And then opening up into the third round, you saw Swick with that uh, that energy, that fervor, thought he could come yeah. out quick and um, clip Okami, but that's, uh, that's not really what happened. Um, you see Swick sprawl out of a takedown uh, short with, uh, within the first minute, and then Okami is able to land the takedown, quickly transitions to a mount, and that's pretty much where he stayed for the rest yeah, of the fight. Um, until, I think almost, well, sometime within the last minute, Swick was able to reverse and get into his full guard, maybe he, the last two. He, he, like, rolled, what they do, he rolled to the top and then was in Okami's guard. Yeah, and then, then Okami put it. him in rubber guard. Yeah. Yeah, yep. and that's that's pretty much where it stayed until the end, and then... Like we said, Okami by unanimous decision um, wasn't the most electrifying or exciting fight. Like I said, if it were me judging that fight, it'd be 30-27 all around. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, uh, getting on with it, keeping on, keeping on. On to the next fight, and that's uh, Roger Huerta, Leonard Garcia. And then we got the co-main and main coming up after that, so real barn burner there. (laughs) (laughs) Fist of Fury. Almost yeah. the epitome of, like I said, I don't know if the race, but like fighting like a Mexican. That was a brawler yeah. fight. Yeah. That was dope. I think they're both somewhat Mexican. Yeah. Pretty sure they were. Yeah. Some I mean, descent. maybe, you know, or Hispanic. Mm-hmm. definitely at least 50% the one guy. He had that sick tap out shirt he with did. the <laughs> half Mexican, half American flag. Yeah. So Nader and I were like having a sidebar before, actually during the fight. Like the first round, our notes are a little, uh, little skimpy they kind of look more like a fucking flyweight but either way uh dude whatever happened to dope tap out shirts like i think fucking what was it getting all the fucking bedazzled like shiny foiled yeah. shit they no, ruined it whatever happened to mma apparel because <laughs> reebok you 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 try you cleaned it up you tried to clean it up but i'm here here's what i'm gonna say independent fighters have way better independent t-shirts dude seriously but uh, yeah, it's funny to see looking at the styles of the 2000 and realizing like, shit, I wanted that shirt so bad. Right? I just like, wanted a baseball cap to wear three quarters sideways. <laughs> but all I had was a visor. That's all we could afford. <laughs> Couldn't afford the top of the hat. Well, I mean, actually, funny story about that. My sister had a hat. Like, where it would zip off into a visor, so I'd always take the top part of the hat and pretend it was, like, a yarmulke, <laughs> and I'd run around like a little Jewish boy. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, I mean, this one was pretty one-sided, like, definitely a, 
a lot of uh, big flurries of strikes, which actually, you know, almost didn't really seem to favor one fighter over another. Initially, they were a lot of big, a lot of big blows being tossed around. Some of them clipped, but not every one of them landed. Again, like we said, it was a brawl, so it was like it was kind of hard to determine a lot of the times who was landing what. And I mean, it was again a dope fucking fight. Um, I guess one big note to remember is uh, Huerta has a sixty-nine inch reach advantage. Ooh, sixty-nine. Not advantage, but yeah, it was sixty-nine. Yeah. Yeah, UFC 69, 69-inch <laughs> reach. Dude, it was his manifest destiny to if win you, the fight. If you're listening, I hope you can manifest a 69 destiny. <laughs> um, Dude, it was also fucking, like, guillotine central, man. Like, yeah. they were hopping dude. on those oh, G-wagons, yeah. like, yeah. right off the bat. Like, it was, like, guillotine to guillotine to guillotine. Like, all the arm transitions on the ground, like... And at one point, they somehow both had, like, a hold on each other's head it was like oh first yeah second, yeah they both had like a guillotine and it was like not going anywhere but it was weird yeah then the second round there really wasn't a whole lot of shit i mean there was a uh, where to hit the takedown and some ground pound dude, like he was pressuring hard and when they're on the ground he was just fucking laying some fists and, and yeah yeah and then i mean pretty much the same story going into round three except there were a few more even exchanges. Well, actually, no, wait. Going back to round two, I forgot, because there were a few brief exchanges where Garcia for sure landed some big, heavy hands. He did. They showed a, a highlight of him clipping Huerta. Um, that was standing shit. My notes suck right now, because we were bullshitting during the fight. Um, well, it was... Uh, okay. Because I think he... I think he went and shot for a takedown out of one of those exchanges that, like, mm-hmm. clipped him. And then it was almost like a scramble on the ground. Yeah. And then Huerta was able to get the the the, uh, the advantageous <laughs> position. And then he just landed ground and pound for the rest of the round. And Huerta wasn't really able to do... Um, I'm sorry, Garcia, rather, yeah. wasn't able to do shit. Huerta remained in top position for the remainder of the round and landed yeah. a bunch of heavy ground and pound, which really fucked up uh, Garcia's face a yeah, lot. You yeah, see it going dude. into the third round. He's got a mouse over his right eye. Yeah, and at the end, his nose was a little bit flattened and poof. Uh, yeah, and then taking that into round three, because we were a little premature there. And by we, I mean me, Blake and Beatties. <laughs> Only premature on the mic. <laughs> Don't be. <laughs> Don't be premature in 69. <laughs> You can't rush these things. <laughs> Position before submission. Um, <laughs> yeah, round three was pretty much the same. Um, Garcia went for a takedown right in the beginning of the round and uh, failed. It was defended successfully, and then Huerta transitions right into a takedown. And, you know, it was a lot of ground and pound until there was a scramble where Huerta got the back. And he pretty much stayed on the back until yeah. Garcia rolled, and there's just more ground and pound. So not too much from Garcia. Wound up being a 30-27 uh, by all three judges unanimously to Mr. Roger Huerta yeah. in the lightweight division. And we're talking about a little bit, too, during the fight, how I don't know. I mean, again, I'm not a fucking fighter or professional at all. How we're talking about how many there's so many tools at your disposal where I think Huerta had like some sort of choke on or he was gonna attempt to and then he kind of said fuck it and just started pounding his face and it was yeah like, it was when he had Garcia up against the cage mm-hmm. in the first round uh, it was like in between those guillotine transitions because yeah. 
It was after Garcia let off the guillotine from the bottom. He put in his guillotine arm over the top, but then he couldn't step his other foot around to where he could um, obtain a guard position. And then, yeah, that's when he, he let go, almost dropped his knee down onto the pelvis of Garcia and then just started... Yeah. I guess Started smashing. I don't know. It's just something I want to point out there to fans or just to see or take note of is like, I mean, I don't know if the mature fighters, I guess that's something I want to pay attention to more after watching this. Well, uh, it like, kind of just goes to show you though, like you can be super disciplined in one martial right. art, but it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have necessarily the same application in jujitsu. Like that's fair. I guess jujitsu, you're at the disposal of just grappling and choking and holds that. Well, know. right. I mean, even think about it, because his chin was tucked there. He's just got to let go of his choke arm and hit him in the face a few times and get him right. to go one way and then drop his Opens, arm. Cracks it open. Yeah. Cleans him out. Exactly. But that's the same you know, same thing. You also go for a leg lock in MMA. The guy can drop down on his knee and start <laughs> yeah. hammer fisting you because you need both of your arms for a leg lock. So um, – I forget who I was listening to the other day on a podcast, but um, I know one of them was Kenny Florian, actually. During his MMA career, he stopped training jiu-jitsu in the gi solely for the fact that he wouldn't practice jiu-jitsu without MMA gloves on because he would never not have them. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So it's, uh, it's, it's strange to think about how you could be a master, technically, in any one of these disciplines. However, if you haven't, necessarily mastered or even become adept at applying your one skill set to like you were saying a space where you have the capability to do almost anything it's yeah. it's almost just as integral as knowing and possessing those skills and attributes yeah it's fucking wild bro yeah. and it's funny we're chestnut talking... checkers <laughs> it was funny i were talking about earlier how they uh how back in the day it was like the stylistic matchup was such a i don't know fucking i guess what? I don't know how the hell it's such a big difference, I guess. And like nowadays, it's like you're an MMA fighter. Back then, it's like there was a boxer who had wrestling, and it was like there's this Muay Thai guy. I don't know if I'm making sense, really. But yeah, we talked about this no. A little bit it, in the early days of the UFC, when the ring card girls would walk around the ring with the names of the fighters, their discipline they would have ring cards that were disciplines, like the disciplines yeah. of the fighters. So. You know, you could be a boxer, taekwondo, jujitsu, uh, and they still do that. But you only Kinda. can like really claim one. Like John Jones is probably the most famously like the looksy do, yeah, uh, <clears throat> style fighter. But yeah, people claim boxing, people claim Muay Thai fighters still, like jujitsu fighters yeah, still, sure. like Damian Maya, like another prime example. But it's just uh, like kind of going back on my previous point. Like you need to have like those specialized skill sets like mastered within the realm of MMA because in entirely different entirely different um landscape. That's why they say styles make fights. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, um, absolutely. Astute think, observation. Yeah. Good man. And I think I even saw at the beginning of this fight too, it said like forgot who, I wish I took note of it. It just said like good wrestler. And it's like funny, I mean they do claim that today of like, you know, Henry Cejudo, you know, Freaking Olympic wrestler, and then. Do you know he held three golds at one time? Ooh, triple C, baby. Guess what? Now he's only one C. Olympic champ. Once <laughs> 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 champ, always champ. He never fought in UFC 69, though. No, he did not. 
<laughs> no, he did not. He also needs to have a rematch with TJ Dillashaw. I'm calling it on this fight. Like, oh, man. Have you seen fucking TJ? I haven't seen him in a bit. Dude, fucking Yoke City, Dude. man. He looks like he's almost 170 pounds, bro. He's still in that juice. I mean, if he is, he's on that fucking wind straw, bro. Like, <laughs> he looks nuts. Okay, so I saw, um, I think he had Instagram videos and shit of him on the airplane hitting pads, and it was kind of fucking douchey, in my opinion. He was, like, on an airplane, they were in there, and he was hitting pads and shit, and he was kind of like, never stop training. I found out the shit that he was doing, like, it clots your blood, and you kind of need to keep it moving in order to uh, not die. And do you know what happens when you get in fucking airplanes and get blood clots? You, you get, die. Yeah, yeah, you fucking die. Like, you, when you, people get in airplanes who have trouble with blood clots, like, it's dangerous for them. So I think that fucker was up in the airplane, hitting pads, showing off, but in reality, he's, like, trying not to fucking die. Damn. Yeah. Food for thought. I mean, I'd fuck around with EPO, but I'm not telling you <laughs> listeners to do it. <laughs> We're also not pros. Could you? Yeah. Yeah, but see, I imagine, like, have you ever done, like, any kind of, like, nitric oxide supplement? I don't think I have. I, well, it's I, like a vasodilator, so your fucking pumps are redonkulous. Okay, I did this one pre-workout called Jack 3D. You know Jack 3D? Yes. Okay, it was before. It's actually just jacked. The 3 is, is jacked? the E. Okay. It's just, yeah, the All 3 right. is the E. It's whatever, jacked. Whatever, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but before they banned the first freaking formula... I remember taking it and feeling like I could run through a fucking wall. Oh, it dude. It was nuts. My buddy got, like, a few of those, and he wound up giving me two and a half because he couldn't deal with it. I, and, bro, yeah, I'm saying I could run through a fucking cement wall, bro. Yeah, yeah. That shit was I, – I haven't taken a pre-workout since that was like that. It's uh, yeah. unreal. But, yeah, dude, I imagine Epo gives you some fucking unreal boners. <laughs> Clots. Get you some lead. He got a blood clot in his dick, yo. <laughs> you heard about prostate issues? <laughs> so, yeah. Going into, uh, oh, the co-main event. We're at the co-main event. <laughs> this has been fun, dude. This has been pretty dope. I know uh, we're for sure like not within the time frame with which we thought we were going to complete this, but it's been a blast. <laughs> I think I've been here since about 9, 9.20. <laughs> yo, we did cardio. We fucking... And it's currently... I hope you didn't have any other plans today. 330? <laughs> ah, later. We're all good. Um, so, yeah, going into the co-main event, we've got the fucking douche nut, Josh Koscheck. Fuck that. <laughs> versus Diego. I think at this point in his career, he's still going under the guise of the nightmare. Diego the Nightmare Sanchez. I guess, yeah, we'll see. Oh, yeah, know. it says right oh, here. Yeah. <laughs> Diego the Nightmare, nightmare. Yeah, Sanchez. Right there. And NCA wrestling champion Josh the douche nut Koscheck. <laughs> All right, we'll be back, folks. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel stupid now uh, looking back on that fight, calling a uh, Koscheck douche nut like he's still a douche nut, like by all means. But again, another like real overtly one-sided fight. Nightmare was looking more like a fucking daydream. Yeah, yeah, no shit. Like. Um... Yeah, definitely one-sided first, second round. Koshek had a nice leg kick in the first... Was it the first round? Man, my notes are dog shit. Uh, No, Koshek had a bunch of lower leg kicks toward the end of the round. (laughs) And then he had a nice takedown, too, what, in the second? Even in the first. Yikes. We were falling off. That big... No, dude, (laughs) that big... uh, 
Either way, as you figure that out, yeah, first and second round, Koscheck kind of was bringing it to him and wrecking him. Um, and then within the third, it kind of, Koscheck was backing up, keeping the nightmare at bay, um, and not really attacking. We were talking about that. Why isn't he really attacking? And it's like, well, he's fucking winning. Koscheck was winning, so why would he attack and bring it to him and possibly run the risk of taking one on the chin and going to sleep. I got to improve my shorthand for these notes because Nate and I are going to be doing a couple more of these. We talked about um, during the fight here, so get ready for some fun. They're not all going to be like 69, unfortunately, because I think we can only like go back to 69 like one other time at UFC 169, but maybe by the end of the year we'll be at 269, um, and that'll be pretty dope. But uh, I, mean, I guess we could always go 96, you know, 96 and then couples UFC that are six. mad at each other, like sleeping at each other's feet, because like, fuck you, UFC with their head not UFC facing nine. their feet so you smell it. Yeah. <laughs> or if we did UFC 6 and 9 on the That's same day. Ooh. What about, yeah, I don't I, I can't we'll go any further later. than that. Anyways, we can go show? 9 and 6 and just go UFC 15. <laughs> <laughs> Multiples of 6 and 9. Uh, but yeah, that takedown, that double leg, that power double leg, that was, uh, yeah, within the last minute of the first round. Need to work on the shorthand. <laughs> yeah. Got to work on the short game. I'm a bit of a stickler, stickler me, Seeks. <laughs> How's your short game? Um, but then, yeah, uh, another round two also dominated by Koscheck. He really just did a good job landing ones and twos. And then he yeah. threw in a couple threes and fours. Like yeah. he honestly didn't even mix it up to the body that much. No. I think there were maybe like three head kicks that were thrown the entire fight by both fighters cumulatively. But yeah, when he was ripping those shots to the legs, like Diego wasn't checking them. They were landing so hard. Yeah, that was. He got buckled in one of the first leg kicks. I think that was the start. I was like, he th- day or Koshek threw one that really kind of set the tone. I think that's why Koshek kept going at it and. Yeah, yeah, the, but a, yeah, those leg shots were not even fucking. Even a fucking twat, fought a good fight. Fucking douche, not like I hate him. <laughs> I don't hate him. It's a pretty strong word, and I don't know him personally. But like, just look at that hair. You know dude. what? Like, we should come up with a bracket for like, you know, like the the ultimate like ultimate douche fighter tool award, like the ultimate tool idol. I don't know. The ultimate tool championship because I know Colby Covington and fucking Josh Kostya could be seeds one and two <laughs> like interchangeably I think they both make it Tito, Tito Ortiz is up there I think people listening to this would be like you and I are fucking number one right now hell yeah just douching it up <laughs> douching it up on the MMO together program it's our... your boy Blake Abedis and guess what he's actually got a friend in the room not talking to himself as producer Jake it's Nader what's up um, but then, yeah, it wound up being a... Fuck, I didn't write that down either. Shit, dude. We gotta just stop talking about it. It was a 30-27 ruled by all three judges in favor of Koscheck unanimously in the welterweight division. And, something we failed to mention, both Ultimate Fighter Season 1 alums. Yeah, and that was Diego Sanchez's first loss. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was his first professional loss. <laughs> Yeah, even more wild news. 
Man, Shit. it's crazy to think that he's still fucking going, too. Dude, it's nuts. And still looking okay, I guess. I don't know. He got... Looks okay, sounds yeah. otherwise. A little bit punchy. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, uh... I fuck with him always because he's been to like that weird like spiritual shit like yeah. harnessing power from the sun like some of the other wild shit he says like I'm kind of just like yo bro like him that, yes yes as he's yeah. coming in there oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. As come in. and the car yes. wheels yes. yes 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 cartwheels and shit yeah yeah yes. that's him yes that's what we did in wrestling <laughs> <laughs> well got one more fight for uh, the UFC 69 shootout yeah the shoot so. What, what is that in Chicago? The Windy City Smokeout? <laughs> the, dude, what, the what if we could give, remember. like, every UFC event just, like, a fucking porno name? Like, <laughs> the, I can't think of anything. Clobbers? Like, <laughs> like UFC... Clobbers. Like, UFC first-timers. <laughs> <laughs> UFC two penetration. <laughs> UFC three's a company. <laughs> <laughs> UFC force for whores. Dude, you're killing me. I can't fucking keep it. I just keep thinking of UFC meat cloppers. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, heading into the uh, final bout of the evening. Mr. Nice Guy himself, George Rush. Oh, fuck. Were you not? Oh, yeah, no, I can do this now. Going into the last fight, and then Nader and I will be back, is the featured bot on the card fuck the main event that came way too difficult too hard to get to gotta stop with all the other jokes you see meat stranglers I just keep thinking of that's what I'm thinking about the whole time UFC beats the meats (laughs) it's like beats the streets UFC BDS submissions anyways keep going sorry UFC BDS best submissions (laughs) alright alright Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Well, <laughs> you get my mind out of the gutter. That's all I'm thinking about right now. The names. UFC slam me, daddy. There we go. <clears throat> uh, last fight of the evening, title bout between George R. St. Pierre and Matt the Terracera. He earned this shot coming out of The Ultimate Fighter Season 4, The Comebacks. That's a good. No, that no that that for real was the know, was the name know, of the season, like, yeah. the comebacks. That actually featured Shoney Carter, who Nader and I both know on a personal level. That is <laughs> not bullshit. Amidst all the bullshit we've spewed, it's cool. He beat the shit out of me. He beat the shit out of both of us. We're bo- we could both probably have the sheep 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 fuck shit. Today, Blake, we'd both have the shit beaten out of us simultaneously by him for sure. Especially like if he wears his. You know, like, his whole thing was, like, he wore Speedos and, like, weird <laughs> yeah. shit. Like, either way, a lot of good antics. Really enjoy him. We're going to be back pretty quick on this one, folks, because if you don't know how UFC 69 ended, you're going to find out here shortly. And we're back. I mean, y'all won't fucking know it, but we were back in less than seven or eight minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I kind of forgot about that fight. I remember, like, I remember towards the end, I just said to Blake, I remember watching this fight because I fucking hated Matt Serra, too. Now I like him. He's pretty dope. Podcast Matt Tatera? Yeah, I used to fucking With his little him. boy Jimmy? Dude, fuck it. I used to hate him. I don't know why. And then I remember I loved GSP so much, and then I remember right when those flurries started to happen, I was like, oh, yeah, I fucking remember this fight. I remember being so disappointed and heartbroken when 
GSP fucking took a tumble. Well, GSP didn't land damn near anything. Like, he went for a couple, like, high head kicks that didn't land, yeah. but, you know, they were blocked, which still hurts. I think he might have gotten, like, a couple low leg kicks in. Yeah, he did. He, uh, there was one striking exchange where he came in over the top and I think landed a hand, but nothing that was, like, super clean. Yeah. Um, Massier moved really well, which, I mean, GSP is fucking one of the most technical fighters ever, so which was... I thought Mazur kept it in tight and did pretty fucking good. I mean, obviously. Yeah, I mean... And most I, uh, of, I mean, what's up? No, you finish up there, bud. I mean, most importantly, uh, I think what took it home is Matt Sarah has 69-inch reach. Oh, fuck. Six, he did have the 69-inch reach. 69-inch reach. Talking yeah. about omens, but you know they did both weigh 169 and a half pounds, but... Maybe those negated each other because what are you doing with that extra half on a hundred and like on a, on a sixty nine? You know, right. you got someone filming you. Is that what that half is all about? Is that one of your kids coming in and like seeing that you guys are sixty nine and on top of the laundry machine? Like, what in the actual fuck, mom and dad? And you're telling me therapy isn't a good idea? Get the fuck out of here. I mean, how do you not believe in stars something of a higher power if it's... They both weigh 169 half pounds. It's UFC 69. Matt Serra has 69-inch reach. Matt Serra won. Um, who else had a 69-inch reach? Huerta had a 69-inch reach, and he won. Like That's for sure. I think we found the key to success here. All right. Every UFC bout moving forward has to end in 69. <laughs> Yeah, and this was actually also Matt Serra's title shot uh, coming out of the uh, comeback season of The Ultimate Fighter. So, yeah. kind of crazy how, you know, 69ing does lead to good results. So, take that for what it's worth, every last one of you. <laughs> um, but yeah, I uh, I thought GSP slipped, but what he did is, is he avoided the right hand and then ducked. He ducked out of the right hand, then got hit with the left hook, yeah. and that's what caused him to stumble. Yeah. And then after that, Sarah landed a couple really big big shots with his right hand and that fucking put put George on his back. And once he went onto his back up against the cage, I mean, Big John, you know, let, gave him let an opportunity. Yeah, There was probably almost 20 seconds there where GSP wasn't showing anything and just covering up and TKO win by Matt the Terra Sarah. Dude, and his right hand is just like a fucking sledgehammer, too. And you, if, man, if you watch this fight, it just reminds you how powerful he was. Whew. UFC Fight Pass. It's not a paid promotion. It's just a recommendation. I say get after it. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was our inaugural episode of these fight breakdowns. I have yet to decide on like a cool title for it because it's not quippy. Maybe we make a competition out of it. Maybe... Uh, I don't know, maybe for... i got to think of some giveaway. Shout out our boys over at Windy City Podcast giving away <laughs> bobbleheads. We're balling on a budget over here. I guess I could give you words of encouragement. Either way. That's worth more. Than tweet at the show. Follow us on Instagram. DM the show if you got a cool name for these kinds of episodes. It's at Podcast. That is at M-A-L-L-T-O-G-E-T-H-E-R. P-O-D-C-A-S-T. 
at MM Altogether Podcast. Do you know what I still use today to house spell together? Is to get her. To get her. That's all. That's how I remember to spell together huh. from like fourth grade. Shout out, Mrs. Therian. Um, and I still use it today. Me and you, you and me together. <laughs> but yeah, so like I said, Nader and I were talking about it. We're for sure going to come back and uh, do several more of these. Fortunately, we've got now 250 to work with. Well, 249 to work with because we just did one. We can't math here thanks to CTE. And we will see S-E-E-U later. See, <laughs> we were spelling these champs over here. And there you have it, everyone. The first recast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a really fun time in recording it, and I know that is such a repetitive track for me by now um saying i really enjoyed it i i just try to find fun and light in everything that i can and honestly this whole project this podcast brings me so much joy getting to see you all come back and listen to the contact that makes it even more enjoying um i did want a take i did want to take just a moment here um just to address currently the state of the country and all i can say is I don't believe in racism. George Floyd was murdered. There's nothing right or okay with this. And hopefully what comes out of all of the rioting is the movement that brings down systemic racism, especially toward black people. Because if you can't acknowledge their pain and their suffering and their trauma, I'm not condemning, but that's just ignorance. I'm choosing love in this movement, and I'm on the side of what's right. So, peace, understanding, love, and positivity. Remember that, everyone. Because we're all the same deep down. Whatever your religious makeup is, be it Muslim, Christian, Catholic, Hindu, spiritual, atheist, atheistic. Deep down, we're the same thing. That's people. So that's all I got. Just remember, love each other, y'all. And uh, we'll be back next week for an episode, like I said, with Marcos, the Lightning Kid Estrada. Uh, we're going to be talking about five rounds of some good stuff. Um, I know in the end of the episode there, I miscalled uh, my buddy's podcast. It's the Windy, Windy City Bro Pen Podcast. Um, I mentioned it properly in the beginning of the show. Windy City Bro Pen Podcast. Uh, also want to apologize for some of the sound effects uh, you hear the door of my apartment opening and closing. You also hear people outside a little bit. Um, you know, this mic can be really finicky. I, I, I just need a studio. I need that stew, stew, studio. Maybe one day I'll get there. Hopefully. We'll see. Uh, but until then, and until that day, and until next week, thanks again for coming back. Alvita's in.